0: All right, you can go ahead and take a seat. It's great to see you this morning, a hearty hello from me. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing online? Good. Glad to hear it. We are really glad that you are here, whether it be in the building or online, and we're grateful to be able to assemble in person or virtually as the people of God, and so thank you for being a part of these services today. It has been a wild week. You know it. You've lived it. And within that, we want to encourage you today that one of the things I want to have us continue to keep focused on is our need to be together. And whether it be in this environment on campus, whether it be in uh, watching a computer screen, whether it be a small group's, I wanna encourage you, though people are being asked to be isolated and we wanna be on board with that, I want you to hear this really clearly today. Us gathering today is in no way some sort of, we don't care or we don't think that's important. We're staying well within these bounds of 250 people or less, social distancing, we're doing all those things because we very much value that. But within those ranges, we have the opportunity to do what we're doing here today, both here and online. So we're really glad you're here today. Um, this has been one of those weeks where we've just said, hey, we have plans. And they're all different than we thought a few days ago, including I was so excited to preach a message to you that I had prepared and worked on And Sherry did notes for. And we'll just push pause. We'll do those another day. But that's why today you have, maybe if you walked in, you got one of these, a nice little sheet of paper. Those of you online, you can get out your own piece of paper. That's all this is. And uh, we'll just kind of walk a little bit together with uh, what we'll see from God's word. And that's good. It's a good thing to be open-handed. And we'll talk about that Little bit today. If you have a Bible, you can open up. We're going to move a couple places, but start in James chapter 4. James is at the back of your Bible, late in the New Testament, James 4. And if you find your way there, we'll uh, talk about that in just a moment. And um, I want to say, by the way, too, what a great job our worship team started us with today. Can we thank them for that? It's such a super job. I want to encourage you i know you won't uh, necessarily get up and walk out here but if you're online don't leave before we're done today we they have chosen a song to finish with that could not be more timely and it will be a great song of response so stay with us and and be a part of that to the end what i want to share with you from the beginning today is that not only do we know theologically true that god is absolutely sovereign absolutely in control but he went ahead of us 2,000 years ago and told us exactly what to do during this health uh, alert and crisis. James chapter 4, verse 8, wash your hands, you sinners. (laughs) It's telling you, it was there all along, okay? God went ahead, knew what you needed. All you got to do is open your Bible. You'll be set. Look a few verses deeper into actually uh, John or James 4 is where we're gonna look at in a second. I want you to know my mind always thinks in threes, right? You've heard that I have three points most every Sunday. So of course I have three ideas for you today. Let me give you the first one. This season that we're in is a great reminder that we get frustrated when we can't do as we please and go where we please. I wanna start with that today because that's what I have been feeling a lot this week and I'm just guessing you've been there too. And I wanna help us with that because I needed some new perspective. If your Bibles are open to James chapter four, look at verse 13, this is a passage that came right back to my mind when I was uh, frustrated this week. James 4, 13, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? I'd say we don't even know what's gonna happen in the next few minutes is the culture that we're in right now. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, and these are great words, you ought to say if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. These words were really helpful to me right out of the gate. Everything kind of in in my life, I don't know how your week was, but everything in my life schedule-wise kind of went nuclear on Thursday when the governor laid down uh, the size of meetings or not, we had to just start that whole month Thursday morning was just in meetings trying to figure out how do we navigate well. And so within that, I remember in that process, this passage came to my mind of God, and it's funny, some of you will even say this to me, or I know many followers of Jesus have said before, we'll make a plan or make a, an appointment or a meeting and someone will say something like, well, if, if the Lord wills, and I've thought, well, yeah, he tends to always will. I'll be there Thursday at 10, show up. And, and so I just always thought that phrase is like, well, I get it, I know what you're saying, but it tends to always work out. This week wasn't like that, okay? I know for a lot of us, over a hundred of us were planning on going to the Thrive Leadership Conference in a couple weeks at the end of March that on-site version has been canceled. And so just that, along with other waves of challenges for schedules you had, trips you had planned, all those things started just falling off one after the next. And I wanted you to know what I was sensing, I'm wondering if you did, was initially disappointment that moved to frustration. How can something that started 8,000 miles away be affecting my life? And the reality of what I wanted to start with today is simply this you are in a lot less control every single day than you think you are. And the reality is, is God is, if nothing else, reminding us of these words in James four, that we ought not hold so tightly to our calendars and our plans, but be constantly reminded, God, I just need to be more loose handed about everything in my life, because you are the one who is calling the shots. And that's what has been good uh, for me. I live in a world sometimes where I have concrete expectations, but I'm realizing I live in a world that's much more fluid. And I just have to do this. I grew up in the 80s and one of my favorite shows was the A-Team, right? If you go back to those days. And what did almost every show end with was one of the main characters, Hannibal, saying, I love it when a plan comes together. That's kind of my life motto. I have plans and I want them to come together. And I've realized this week, I really dislike it when they don't. And so it's been really a good week for me to just kind of be reminded of what was always real. And that's really an important thing you hear today. It wasn't as though our reality changed. We just became aware of reality that we had kind of lived insulated from. And that reality is simply this. God absolutely is in charge. God absolutely knows sovereignly what is and isn't going to happen, and I need to start living my life a little bit more loose-handed, thinking that things really are subject to change. People have come to me over the last couple days, well, are we going to do this? Is this event going to happen? God has given me, I'm grateful this happened early on in my experience this week, God's given me a lot of peace and a lot of flexibility to say, you know what, I just don't know, let's just wait and see. So i want us to have that posture i want any me to have that posture moving forward god there's a ripple effect that are things that are still going to come help me live in light of james 4 and hold things open-handed second thing i want to look at with you today is found from psalm 42 if you want to find your way there in the bible this is the point the idea that i wanted to communicate this season that we're in is a time when we need to be constantly reminding ourselves of who God is, how trustworthy he is, and how he has consistently been that way towards us. This is a season of great need for reminder that we've said it before, the most prolific command in scripture, don't be afraid. I think when everything's normal, whatever that means, when everything's normal, hearing those words can actually be a source of comfort. God, that's powerful. When I look Genesis to Revelation, the most consistent thing you direct me to do is not be afraid. But in a week like you and I have had, and in a week like the world around us is having, now all of a sudden those words seem a little bit more, a little more like a hammer than anything else because now we know, oh, but it's pretty easy to be afraid right now. So I wanna talk about that rather than feeling the weight of that statement, don't be afraid. I want to go back to why it is that God complete, consistently calls us to not live in fear. And it all keeps going back to the greatness of who he is and how we can trust him. Your Bibles are open to Psalm 42. This is a great uh, psalm that many of you are aware of. It was a great worship chorus back in the 80s, right, as the deer pants for the water. But if you didn't read further in the psalm, you just think it's this great psalm for the psalmist really desiring to be near to God. There's a reason why. Psalm 42, verse one, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Now look at how it pivots in verse three. My tears have been my food day and night. So this is not in a a good spot that he's in. While people say to me all day long, where's your God? So there's critics, there's skeptics he's surrounded by. These things I remember as I pour out my soul and listen to the memories now. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. He's going back and remembering God, there was a time when I gathered with your people and we absolutely felt the confidence, we felt the incredible community of being your people. That has changed. Our circumstances have changed look at verse 5 why my soul are you downcast why so disturbed within me and look at what he says he's speaking to himself he's talking to his own soul put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God The psalmist is going through something, I would say, infinitely more challenging than what we are facing as of yet. And what he's doing is he's going back. He he begins by saying, God, I so deeply desire to be close to you, to be near to you, and here's why. We're in a tough season. I can't just go to your house and have that encouragement of you and around your people. I can't have that opportunity to be in this festive throng. He's probably even remembering one of the Jewish feasts when people literally were just celebrating the goodness of God. But he says in that place, in this time of discouragement, then he says he's so discouraged, he uses words like downcast and disturbed. Those are not mild words. But then I love that part. He, he encourages himself. Put your hope where it always should have been. Put it in God. Be reminded that he still sits on the throne. Be reminded that though my circumstances have changed drastically, he has not. And so we do that today. We look at Psalm 42 and we go, we have inklings, we have pangs of a little bit of awareness of what the psalmist is talking about. And in it, we say, God, how can we keep ourselves encouraged? How can we keep ourselves reminded of who you are and your goodness? So I want to do this. I want to give you some very tangible. Today's going to be super practical. I want to give you some very tangible ways you can do that. Number one, if you're not already, begin spending time daily in God's word. For many of us, we have a rhythm on that, but others of us have thought that would be a great idea. (laughs) Now's a good time to start. And I would just encourage you with this, where have we read from just now is the book of Psalms. The Psalms are a wonderful place because you'll see in one Psalm, a Psalmist is crying out to God, God, you're amazing. Look at what you've done. And literally, sometimes it can be the very next Psalm. God, where are you? Are you sleeping? You're not paying attention to my needs. And the reality is, is that the circumstances of the Psalmist are always in flex, but they keep coming back to a God who remains consistent, who remains steady, who remains faithful. So I would encourage you, Psalm 1 is where it begins. Just start reading in the Psalms this week. Some of you heard, I I read USA Today daily, and I was going through it uh, later this week. And you heard early in the week that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive for coronavirus in um, uh, Australia. And one of the next days, I saw that Rita Wilson had put together a playlist while she's in quarantine. I thought, actually, that's a great idea Not necessarily to go, what were the best hits of the 60s, but instead to go, God, what are some songs like we've sung today? Remember, our whole goal when we come together as the people of God to worship is to be preoccupied with God. What a great idea to go on your Spotify account or however you listen to music and put together a playlist. These songs remind me of the goodness of God. These songs remind me of his faithfulness. These songs remind me of the fact I need not live in fear. And so I'd encourage you this week, put together a playlist like that. Listen to it over and over. If we had have been to having this message in the 80s, I would have said, get out of tape and make a great mixtape. But it's a little easier nowadays, so do that. Another thing I was thinking of that I know I'm going to do this week, you have read devotional books before that have been very powerful and spoken to you when you were going through a challenging time. I've told you before, one of my favorite authors on that front is Max Lucado, because he just has a way through story and through the word of God of being able to connect with people in the midst of their pain or their fear. And so what I'm going to do this week is I have one of those... Um, devotional books, all his books I would consider devotional books, but I have one of his books and I'm going to reread it as it just reminds me of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. So I'd say go back in your library and find one of those books that was meaningful to you at a season in your life. Usually it's when things are low in a valley and get that book back out. Be reminded again, reread it, and just let that be something that kind of pours over you. Also, I'd say this, keep putting yourself in a position to keep hearing the Word of God. Not only being in an environment like this with us today or watching online, and we'll keep you up to date on what happens. Like when people have asked me, are we going to do this next week? I keep telling them, I don't know yet. Keep tracking with us, and we'll let you know what we're doing. But I will say this, on our website, we were actually ahead of the curve last year in January and February. We did a teaching series called Still. Based out of Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. When everything went kind of nuclear around here on Thursday, I remember going home that night and pulling up that series because I wanted to be able to cite it with you today. And I remember I just went back and watched the first message. That message would be a really good use of your 45 minutes this week. And here's why, not because of anything I said, Walter Lynn was here teaching that Sunday with me, team teaching. And Walter, decades of being a therapist, had just some wonderful, practical things to do when you or the people that you're connected to are working through a time of fear and anxiety. Literally as much, he, I remember him telling, I was watching again this week, telling the story of someone calling him and saying, Walter, I'm, I'm losing it right now. And this is what he told them. Stand up, move over to the, kid, to the bathroom sink, put me on speakerphone, and I just want you to splash cold water on your face. Just do basic things that kind of snap you back into reality and go, it's gonna be okay. And I loved Walter gave a whole bunch of those practical ideas. One of the things he did, he shared something that I I have read right over so many times. Jen today referenced Philippians chapter 4 and how we definitely, we should pray more than we worry, right? And within that, that line that's in there, that God would give us peace that passes understanding. In that message, Walter referenced the idea, the reason why we need a peace that passes understanding is because we have a fear that passes understanding. Irrational fears need supernatural peace. And I thought that was powerful. I've never heard that verse explained that way and I thought that just really just connected with me and gave me such hope. So I would encourage you this week, go back and, and you can watch the whole series, but definitely watch the first message. One of the things that um, Walter brought up in that passage, obviously, is uh, Philippians four, we finished the message that day about a, really a, a reminder and a call to pray more than we worry. And what he did is he introduced us, Well, listen to this line first. I don't know if remember, it was from the message or somewhere else I picked it up. Remind yourself continually, it takes the same amount of energy to worry as to pray. Isn't that good? It takes the same amount of energy. One leads to peace, the other to panic. Choose wisely. That was a great line. So uh, within that though, that day, Walter again kind of exposed me to something I'd never seen before. I've heard the serenity prayer, the prayer for serenity, numerous times, just about the first four lines. I didn't know there was more. And so I wanted to read that to you today with a fresh lens. We shared in that message as well, but listen to it with fresh ears today. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And that, like I said, back to us planners, opening your grasp, that's, that was, those are key words to hear this week. And the courage, however, to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. That's the first four lines that you and I know pretty well, but listen to the rest. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Watch this. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. I hope you've checked those expectations at the door a few days ago. This is a very different world than I thought it would be this week. Leave that aside not to just focus on what isn't right. Trusting that you will make you, as capital U, so talking to God. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. And listen to these last two lines, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. And those are good words. I would do well to literally remind myself of that prayer every single day till the Lord takes me home. But if nothing else, let it be something that drenches over your mind and your spirit for the next few weeks, just to kind of go, Lord, remind me of these things, because I easily forget them. I'm going to say there's some of us here and online that are actually going to do relatively well in this next season. I love this words from Colossians 3 to set our minds on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, you're gonna be able to do that relatively well through this period because of either the challenges and experiences you've had in the past and the way you've trusted God then. It might just be this spiritual maturity of where you're at, but I want you to hear me really clearly. The rest of us won't do so well. We need you. We really need you. We need you to not just be okay and to be able to walk this out for yourself. We need you to be a people who would extend your arms and say, how can I help you? How can I come alongside you and be a source of encouragement? We need each other to help remind each other that God has not left his place on the throne. And that happens in all kinds of ways. But the best place to be is exactly where we always were supposed to be, and that's right in the middle of his will. You see, when the author of Hebrews was writing to dispersed followers of Jesus that were literally all over the world and were facing intense persecution, like we don't even begin to know what that looks like. When they were in the middle of that, I want you to know the words that we've been quoting and will keep quoting in this season especially is that we ought not give up meeting together. But the reason the author of Hebrews says that wasn't because they were supposed to. It's because they needed to. We need community. We need to keep reminding ourselves, and watch this, Look and how, listen how Hebrews 12, 25 ends, in order to keep encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I want to give you some tangible ways to continue to remind each other of the goodness of God and how we can trust him. One is this, I just want to remind you some real basic things, check in on each other. Many of you are in a small group. You may or may not meet this week. Maybe you, like my group wasn't even planning on meeting this week because of different plans. This is the week, though, whether we check in each other virtually, text or phone, or whether we go to each other's homes and say, how are you doing? That's crucial this week, okay? It's crucial that we keep checking in and seeing, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Can I get anything for you? What do you need? This is an important time to do that. And we can do it a host of different ways. That's what's wonderful about the technology options that we have. I would say this. This might be a great group. You're not going to get any, like, leader notes for your home group this week. You have plenty to talk about. Gather. Gather this week. Pray for each other. Pray for the people that you're connected to in your worlds. That's a great reason to gather this week in small groups. And for some of us, whether you choose to do it again or might even have to next week, gather as a small group and watch this service. Do that in community. I know that there is a reason why we need to isolate ourselves physically, but we don't have to do that on every front, and we definitely don't want to do that emotionally and spiritually. So be thoughtful of ways to be creative. I would say reminding you of technology. It's your friend right now. Use it. Okay, and some of us are here, and I know, here and online. Well, if you're online, you're at least adaptable enough to figure out how to turn on a computer and get on our website. Cheers to you. Some of us are here because it's like, I honestly don't know how to do that. That's why I showed up today. So I want to tell you this. If you don't know how to stay connected, would you call us? We'll help you. We genuinely will help you. There are people on our staff who can walk you through how you can do that. But we want to help you. That's what this time is for. The worst thing ever would be to go weeks on end and people feel like I had no one to talk to, I didn't even know how to connect with my church, okay? Let us know, your phone still works, call the church and let us help you, okay? Because we wanna do that. And we have a bunch of teenagers who know how to use your phone better than you do. So let them help you, all right? Finally today, my third idea, This season that we're in provides amazing opportunities for us to be the people of Jesus' influence as the church has been during all kinds of other difficult times. I chose this brief title today for this time, for such a time as this, because it comes right out of the book of Esther. And if you remember the book of Esther, she was put in a very challenging position because if she didn't speak up, great harm was gonna come to the people of God. But if she did speak up, she was gonna put herself in a very vulnerable position. So if you remember, it was her relative Mordecai who said to her, hey Esther, all these amazing things that God has been preparing you, literally of everyone in the empire, in the Persian empire, the king picks her to be his queen. Seriously. And what does Mordecai say? God has been preparing you for such a time as this because you get an opportunity to step up. Can I say this at Trinity Church? We have been preparing you. We gather weekly to hear the word of God. We gather weekly to sing his praises. We get in groups to do life and community together. We have been preparing you for such a time as this to step up and be the church, to step up and maybe be the only person of Jesus' influence in someone's relational world, you have the opportunity to do that. That's exciting. Listen to these words from Galatians 6. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity now, right? There's plenty of opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I had a great conversation with my son. I think it was on Friday. We're talking, you know, as church leaders, um, this is just all kind of brand new territory. And I really appreciated what Jackson said to me. He said, Dad, people that I'm connected to are coming across on social media pretty smug and indignant and even self-righteous, okay? Heaven's our home, relax. He said, I feel like what that's doing more than anything is it's causing an unbelieving world to realize all the more how much we don't care. Because I want you to see something. I hope, that's been my goal today, is to remind you your hope is tethered to the risen Savior. That your hope is tethered to the hope and the promise of heaven. That's been my job today, but I want you to know process just for a moment if you didn't have that hope. And if your hope instead was in the stock market, if your hope instead was in the healthcare system, if your hope instead was in your career, if your hope instead was in your health, if your hope instead was in the government, whatever you want to fill in that blank, if that's where your hope is, all of that is in question today. I want to be incredibly sympathetic and thoughtful to the unbelieving people in my world because their world's getting rocked and they don't have much to hold on to. Guess what? Not only do we, but there's a new interest, a new openness in their lives to know why we have such a hope. Can I remind you of something I absolutely love that many at trinity church love apologetics and it's this opportunity to be able to give um, reasons for why we have our faith and why the bible we believe is absolutely uh, true and authoritative in our lives but i will say this go back to we mentioned it a few weeks ago in our who we are series is is that this verse that we love so much from 1 Peter 3.15 about having, being prepared to give an answer, remember what that's all based on. When somebody asks you the reason for the hope that you have, when you're not losing your mind but your neighbors and coworkers are, they're gonna ask you, why aren't you freaking out? That's called a softball. You know why? And that's a great question. I get that you would be. But I've really, a long time ago, I put my hope in Jesus that far outweighs this life. It doesn't matter what happens here. I believe in his promises that he is with me and that I will be with him forever. That's what 1 Peter, that was the context of 1 Peter 3 was a world that was in peril and in persecution. What do you do, what do you say when you have hope? You tell people why. I've loved it, some of you have already sent me emails or Facebook messages about opportunities you've had at the cash register with your neighbor, with your coworker. I'm just saying, hey, and I would just say, those opportunities are so rich. Be prayerfully thinking, God, how can you use me? And when you do and when we do as a local community of believers, guess what's going to happen? We're simply going to be what the church has always been. In an article I referenced last week in the Gospel Coalition website, Todd Wagner wrote that great line I shared with you, panic is not your friend, or I'm sorry, worry is not your friend and panic is not our way. This is the rest part of that article, listen to this. He said, throughout history, Christians have often stood out because we were, they were willing to help the sick even during plagues, pandemics, and persecutions. They loved people and weren't afraid of death because they understood that to live is Christ and to die is gain, Philippians 1.21. By stepping into the mess of sickness and disease, they were able to demonstrate their faith to a watching world. So rather than just asking, how do I stay healthy?, Perhaps we should also be quick to ask, how can I help the sick? I love this line, let's be quick to help and slow to hide in basements. That's so good. Prayer-infused confidence, compassion, and selflessness should mark how we talk about the coronavirus. Why? Because our Savior put on flesh, and he stepped into our sickness, into our sin, and eventually into death. He healed the sick and cared for the hurting. We must do likewise. That's so good. I got to tell you, when things kind of went nuts on Thursday morning, I'm really grateful. One of the very first thoughts I had was, God, how can you use the people of Trinity Church, both in our worlds and in our community collectively? What are the creative ways we can step into needs? And I'm gonna ask you this, as we move forward, if you become aware of something in your relational world that we as a church, if you need more help than what you can do, or if you become aware of something in the community that needs help, would you call the church office? Would you email me? I would like to know. We have a bunch of ears on the ground, boots on the ground in this room and online. I would like to know so we can know, God, you've positioned us to be a helpful people. We have an amazing people resource at Trinity Church. How do we move? How do we move out and address the needs? So help us know, help us know so we can step forward and be a people who bring hope and peace. And I love it, Uh, Pastor Ray, Um, when he was here a couple months ago, he's the one that first said to our staff team, good deeds lead to goodwill that lead to the good news. Man, we have an opportunity to do some really helpful, needful things and how God's gonna use that to ultimately open doors so we can share the great news of Jesus. We don't do what we do because we're do-gooders. We do what we do because we love Jesus and we walk in confidence of who he is. And that's gonna speak loudly to a world who's looking for help. And I would say this, if you're looking for a way right now that you can be a person who's meeting needs and encouraging those around you, here's my quick tip. Take a roll of toilet paper, put your name in a note next to it, and bring it to a neighbor and say, I just want you to know I'm available if you need any help. That's gonna speak volumes volumes to people who are losing their minds and just saying, "Hey, I'm here to help." Okay? I love it. Now, this other idea by the way from Todd's article I thought was powerful. We read it a minute ago. "Finally, as you watch the world react to this crisis, itself a stark reminder of our mortality, don't neglect to share the hope you have in Jesus." First Peter 3:15. Watch this. Share how he rescued you from the universal epidemic of sin not good? How have you been rescued and the penalty of death? Share that your hope is not found in remaining healthy this side of heaven. So I want to encourage you. This week, we as a staff team, our elders, we're going to be praying for you. And you know what we're going to be praying? We're going to be praying the thing we pray every week. This is what I love about what the local church is always supposed to be. It just simply becomes vivid in times of need. We're gonna pray that you're a person who's rooted in Jesus as you're reaching your world. That's what we pray for you, over you every single week. We're just gonna keep praying the same thing. God, would you use him, would you use her to be a person who's rooted in you as they're reaching their world? And I pray as we move forward, I can't wait. I'm already excited to hear the stories, more of the same. This is how God used me in this opportunity. This is how God used me in this conversation. This is the opportunity that was created, the circumstances that were there, I just stepped in. Let's be a people who walk in God's confidence. This is how I want us to finish our time together today. I love that President Trump put forth that we should be a people, a national day of prayer. That is exactly the right response to times of uncertainty. So I'm gonna finish our service today giving you a prompt I'm letting you just pray silently about that and then I'm going to give you another one I've got three prompts I'm just going to give you a couple prompts to think about, pray about and then I'll pull us together all right let's pray. Father, I want to say thank you for the opportunity both to assemble in person and vir- virtually today. I want to say thank you that that technology is available. I want to thank you that the ability still to be under that cap is available to us and God, what we want to do is we want to this week demonstrate the hope that we have in real and tangible ways. God, give us, help us continue to remind ourselves, be filled up on what is true about you, but then in turn, God, we will have something to share. We will have something to give away. So help us live in that posture, God. This morning, wherever you are, I just want you to take a moment and pray. For the things, you can pray as high as 30,000 feet, what's going on in the world. You can pray a little lower, what's going on in our country. You can pray a little lower, what's going on in the Inland Empire. Or you can pray really low, here's someone in my relational world. Take a minute, pray for at any level of strata, pray for those that are on your hearts this morning. second prompt, whether you're here or listening online, I want to say to you today, if you personally have not yet put your faith in Jesus, if you don't have this hope that we've been referencing all morning long, then I want to tell you, I don't want you to move until you make that decision. I want to encourage you to let another second go away before you personally know this Jesus we've been talking about today and why we have hope in him. If you're here this morning, you've already made that decision, would you be praying for someone in your relational world right now who has not yet? But if you're here and you're online and you would say, Todd, I might know some things about Jesus, but I have never surrendered my life to him, this is how it begins, this is how you respond. You understand that God created everything absolutely perfect. But sin entered into the world based on a decision by the first humans, and as a result, every single human being since has been born not only with a sin nature, but it's demonstrated that nature through a sinful behavior. If you're here this morning, you look at your life very quickly and it doesn't take much evidence to know that's true. So you begin by A, admitting that you're a sinner who needs a savior. B is believe believe in this Jesus we've been talking about today who, like we said a moment ago, did enter our skin, but he did so sinlessly. Fully God, fully man, no sin nature, no sinful behavior. And in living a sinless life, allowed him to be the perfect atoning sacrifice. He died for your sins, those sins we mentioned a minute ago, but he didn't stay dead. We celebrate that every year next month with Easter He was raised supernaturally from the dead on the third day. Believe that Jesus is the only Savior available. See is choose. Choose to say, Jesus, I put these things I've been holding on to. I put these things I've been putting my hope in aside from you. I bring them to your feet. And I simply say, it's you, Jesus. You are where my confidence, my trust is found. And I'm going to live my life looking like you to the people in my world. Admit, believe, choose, don't make a move before you make that decision. Finally, this morning, this last prompt, I wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you to be praying for the people in your relational world, praying for the people of Trinity Church, Praying just even for yourself, Father, help me to live a rooted, reaching life this week. Help me to be connected to you, abiding in the vine and looking for ways to minister and to serve all around me. Pray for us as a community this week. Father, you are good, and your love endures forever. We know nowhere else to go with our burdens, nowhere else to go with our fears, nowhere else to go with our joys than to bring them to you. Thank you that you listen. Thank you that you are that good, good Father. And thank you, Father, that when we have fear, we know, God, we can bring them to you, and they're transformed in your love. Thank you. We love you and pray in Jesus' great name. Amen. So whether you are here in this space, whether you are watching online, I don't care if you've been sitting the whole time online, which I have no problem with, I want you to stand now. Wherever you are, stand with us. We are gonna sing loudly this last song today with great joy because these words are true.